Oi, well if it isn't the bloody son himself. How you doing there, Alucard? Greeting, mortal dwellers. Oh my god, get a load of this guy. You know he ripped a guy's head right off his shoulders. Oh, I can't believe it. I remember that. I remember saying that. What head? It was more of a grip thing. I don't even know how he did it. <laughs> the cattle always travel together to better their chances against monsters. <laughs> Oi, Alucard, what I want to know is where in the world do you get that big gun? I don't even know. I tried to find it in the stores, but it's the United Kingdom, and you can't really get that. Oh, I yeah, mean, how I... do you get kitted out, man? It's so big. How do you hold that thing? One must imagine that a man without feet can scarcely stand on his own two legs. Huh? What? What? Oh, Alucard, I heard. I, I need you to clear something up for my mate and me here. See, he thinks that you can turn your arm into some sort of, like, darkness demon dog, and I think it's just a regular demon dog. You square that up for us? <laughs> if you ever hear the whisperings of the night, you will know that what you seek is not salvation, but eternal oblivion. Oh, man, what's this guy on about? Bloody hell, he's talking about. Uh, well, uh, well uh, actually, can you gents lend me bus fare? What? Uh, what? Yeah, I got, I got a couple. Can't you just turn into, like, mist? <laughs> if you really want to see my true nature, you should look within yourselves and pull out only darkness. Uh, I got a couple quarters, mate. Thank you for the ten quid. Ugh. Why are you getting Matana there? Obey uh, your curfew. I don't know. I don't want to start anything. You know, me. vampires. What? No manners. No. Why not? You know what? I know what you're thinking, but I gotta say it. Vampires kind of suck. Yeah. Bollocks to you as well, mate. Bullocks to all. <laughs> Bullocks to us all. Bullocks to the world. Yeah. Um, ah. Nice, nice British accents, guys. Thank you. <laughs> and I liked how they, how like, every so often it was a really shit one. Like the dubber didn't know what they were doing. Ah. There's no way to do that accent at normal speaking volume. It's either got to be like a hushed whisper or like super loud and obnoxious. Oh boy! Boy! <laughs> Yeah, well, what's all this then? Oi, 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 oi. Are you trying to tell me? Man, if you guys like those accents, you gotta get on the Castlevania anime quick. Oh, man. I've heard. You, you keep telling me about it, and I just haven't had a chance. It's so awesome. At, like, I, I think I've it's the really beginning of the second episode. It's two drunk hicks in a bar talking about one of their neighbors fucking a goat. <laughs> all in those accents. All in, like, the super rural. <laughs> English accents. It's pretty amazing. Right, so I see him down there with his with his knickers down and his and his peck out. Oh, and I tells him, I says to him, I says. So I know, I know that the, all this vampire stuff, a lot of it happens like set in Britain because that's where the original Dracula was. But where did the like Romanian Transylvanian connection get in? Like, I don't relate those two very easily. 
Oh. Um, well, I could try to explain that a little bit. Uh, this is... Uh, the topic of vampires is like the perfect intersection for me because it gets into folklore and history. Dan and Caves, ladies and gentlemen. Movies <laughs> and everything. Well, specifically, Romania comes up um, because uh, one of the inspirations for the Dracula character is a uh, uh, one of the rulers of Wallachia. Which Walla is, Walla uh, Wallachia. Wallachia, which is... Uh, in Eastern Europe, I believe it's in modern Romania. Um, oh, is this where is this the Vlad guy? Yes, Dr. this Impaley? is Vlad the Third, also known as Vlad the Impaler, also known Son as of the Uncle Dragon. Vlad, also <laughs> known as Vlad Dracula, Uncle Vlad's creepy stabbing cabin. All right, um, stabbing he, cabin. Okay, yeah, uh, he was <laughs> a ruler. Down. He was a ruler in the mid 1400s. Uh, he is best known for his. Uh, his <laughs> lovely tenor. If you had to pick one thing. His ability to brutally ward off the Ottoman Empire. Um, and actually, the name Dracula comes from. So his father was a member of a uh, religious military order known as the Order of the Dragon, which was specifically tasked mm. with defending Christian Europe from Ottoman. Uh, Muslim invasion, and so Vlad II was known as Vlad Dracul, mm-hmm. and Dracula is uh, pretty much just means son of the dragon. So that's, that's so where good. that name comes <laughs> that's from. So cool! Bra- everything that I yeah. learn about Dracula makes it more awesome. Yeah, and and, and like uh, like Bram Stoker based this loosely on <laughs> Vlad the Third. I mean. He essentially Vlad took the, the name and the setting <laughs> for the initial part of the part of his novel um and that's about it i mean vlad the third was known as the impaler for uh i i hope that is self-explanatory he was known for um impaling his enemies on long wooden stakes and it was Uh, like a major oh it was a major where the stake through the heart thing comes from that could very well be um where that association comes from um, and he always liked using nice silverware, so you got that whole like. The, yeah, the and he had a fondness but, for garlic. And, but but, and al- he... but also the, the stake in the heart could also come from, um, as far as the traditional folklore of the vampire goes, um, one of the main concerns among people who believe in vampires was that uh, the dead were rising at night and feeding on the life essence of the living, oh. and a stake through the heart would sometimes just be to keep them in their coffins it'd be it'd be funny if that was like a self-perpetuated myth amongst vampires like the stake (laughs) through the heart thing because like maybe they're just like dog look they have guns those bullets really hurt let's tell them something like let's tell them that our weakness is sticks and light and garlic (laughs) and blessed water they'll believe that they're humans that's great Mm -hmm. i Uh, i like that uh you know vlad did so seem to have done so many things and he's known predominantly for the impaling like really gives you a sense of how much how much he, he loved impaling <laughs> he just was so into it it also goes to show just like i mean the stories of vlad the third are raunchy but if you oh. go to romania i mean he is looked up to in certain circles because as part of history i mean if you're interested in it's not like a kitsch thing like they actually revere him like, I mean, Revere might be a big thing, and I hope you're going to hear 
I, I hope you're going to get hate mail from any Romanian listeners uh, if I'm wrong on this. Um, but but like, their yeah, take pers- that, Kristov. Their national perception of Vlad the Third is sort of different from like we have a very monstrous idea of what he was like, and yeah. certainly some of the, I mean, a lot of the things that he's known for um, certainly fall within that because we have a very different morality from what existed in the 1400s. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like as as people of of European descent. We can look at Alexander the Great and say, oh, the Great, sure. Yeah, and he great killed conqueror. millions of people along the way, and he did it for, I mean, uh, yeah, he, he, he did it for, like, alien reasons. I mean, personal glory was, yeah. was his main motivation. But we still look up to him as, you know, inheritors of that culture. He woke up very early. And Got Romania a lot is the, done. Yeah, and, and Romania is the same way. I mean, if you're interested in having a culture that is just that is distinct from what would have come if um, that part of the world was conquered by the Ottomans at that yeah. time, then Man. you would you, you you would look up to Vlad and just the rulers of that region generally as people who um, did things in defense of. A certain way of life. Can you imagine and, being more brutal than 15th century Ottoman Empire? Isn't it? <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I guess you had to outdo it to really yeah, make your way to, to over really, the top. To really oh, drive. Oh, you got a lot of horses home. and bows, right? Yeah. Well, we have. Uh, oh, we got like tanks. We we got like a, a vampire Superman over here. <laughs> yeah, and like Bill Clinton with drugs. Oh, you think you're hard on drugs? I'll show them hard on drugs. <laughs> And also, when you get a when you get a character like Vlad the Third, I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get embellishments along the way. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. Well someone is that someone then is that well known? They almost kind of have to pass into myth. Yeah, like like I mean, I, I've heard some stories that I don't think have been corroborated of like Vlad would have dinner in a garden of impaled dying men while he yeah, oh, cool. while he like drinks their blood. Like no, that, that's just on. Evilly. That's just his Tinder profile. <laughs> Let every man sentence. tend to his garden. Like, <laughs> I mean, there have been people who would do that in history and in humanity, but I, I'm not sure how. Except the Tinder is for a funeral pyre. Yeah, I, I think that I think that perhaps we should introduce ourselves. Oh shit! We probably should. <laughs> I think we forgot that step. We sort of hit the ground running on this one because I'm yeah, so excited. Yeah, you were super. You were super hard to talk about Dracul. <laughs> He's so I have Dracul. a page of notes. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to give you blue balls or anything. But let's oh, set this no. up a bit. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> hello. Uh, so yeah, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And my name is Dan. And this is the cartoon, the cartoon, this is the cartoon, <laughs> this is the podcast where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. And in today, the name, in the name of the carton cast, impure souls guilty. of the living dead shall be banished into eternal damnation. We have come to terms. Amen. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And today we are watching the anime Helsing. Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah. So Dan. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. You, always, you always a pleasure. <laughs> it here, really here is. For this, here for the spooky season that is technically technically over, but it never has to be over if you have the right mindset. That's well, right. Oh, we got to talk about our Halloween adventures. Yeah, it, it is a, an honored yearly, yearly, is there a word for that? Annual tradition. <laughs> I am, is there a start, word I'm for that? I'm started off on a weird foot. 
Uh, hey, that's not even the that's not even the term for it. No, I mean, you're you're it's, you're really dedicated to. What to does that. it mean? Getting off on the wrong foot is the way I've heard it. Yeah, but <laughs> Zane. Ben. Do this for me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, every year, and in fact now more like twice a year, we have uh, Dan Caves on, um, generally for something spooky or horror-filled, but sometimes mm. more unusual, uh, and just uh, excellent guest who we love to have on. I yeah. hope that's the real reason, is you just enjoy having me on. I mean, it's I, a I've, real reason. It I've absolutely take, is. I've taken <laughs> yeah. on a reputation as your horror expert. I lay no official claim to that, so I will leave that up to you and your listeners to uh, to sort of test my chops Hey, on if that. anyone wants to horror rap battle Dan Caves, just let us know. We'll set it up. I am the king of horror core. So the fact that we were final <laughs> the fact that we were finally able to get a like introduction of all of our names like in order. <laughs> Speaks to how often precedence? we like having you on. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, yeah, let, let's talk about our various Halloweens before we get started on uh, yeah. introducing this show. Mm-hmm. I guess I can start since I'm the guest and I, I demand guest. so. Dance for us. Yes. Dance, <laughs> dance, dance. Uh, actually, this past Halloween, I played uh, D&D in my friend's game. Uh, we... Wait, at Bill's? Yeah, Bill my friend. Yeah, my fr- uh, Bill Adcock, who has been on this uh, this uh, this yeah. podcast before, friend of the show. Yeah, the he joined you to, Yeah, he joined noted you to, wizard to, to watch. Yeah, to talk about wizards. That was a great episode it was and a great episode. movie. We'll have to have him um, on again. How's the yeah. How's the game? Oh, it's going well. And uh, because I mean, it's sort of a coincidence, but we are hunting a witch. Although there may be more to it than we expect. The local oh. lord. And his wife might be cavorting with devils, and we're trying to decide who's telling the truth. And it's uh, got all the classic elements. It was sufficiently spooky for my Halloween, and then I just sort of turned in after that. Nice. After watching some Helsing, did Very you nice uh, did you do the this. game in costume? Uh, no, I didn't think to. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I mean, I could have. I think I, I moved this past year, and I think I want. I used to have this enormous false beard. <laughs> And the half-orc barbarian that I'm running is the worshiper of a god that I think Bill added into the D&D pantheon called Bormo, who is the god of uh, drinking, uh, drinking oh, of beards, great. of bears, and of wrestling. <laughs> and so as you, Zangief, as you progress along as an acolyte of Bormo, your beard grows. So I would have, if I were to do in costume, I would have had this just like enormous. Uh, that's pretty great. Like Cal Drogo? Uh, bigger. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I guess that's just his ponytail. I can't <laughs> conceive of anything bigger than Cal Drogo. Uh, <laughs> bigger in personality. Uh, I unfortunately did not have very interesting plans. I just went to a, a bar with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can I be was scary. in costume all day, including at work, including during like a seminar presentation that a, like a, a visiting professor was speaking at. <laughs> what was uh, your uh, What was your costume? Sexy Zane. Sexy Zane. Sexy so Zane. Ankle. Oh my god. Yeah. So you know, the sexy nurse, sexy librarian. You, you know, sexy Zane. Sexy Alex Jones. <laughs> sexy Alex Jones <laughs> oh, does no. sound very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Vampire Alex Jones. That, oh. that one seems closer to the mark. That does. He probably drinks blood. Oh, I, I would believe it. I have no doubt. Yeah, but he doesn't enjoy it. He's mad about it. 
The globalists are making me drink the blood. <laughs> See, the, the globalist conspiracy to make you, me And you're drink. saying you didn't, you didn't dress up on Halloween? Can this please be our intro? Can, Dan, can you just kind of go for a bit like this? <laughs> just, just to talk about the globalist conspiracy to turn us all into vampires with microchips. <laughs> so great. Because that's kind of what the show's about. Dan, you have a new character. I don't know what you're going to use it for, but this is good. I'm Ben, I'm Zane, and I'm Alex Jones. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, Zane, that's fun. Ben, yeah. what, uh, yeah, yeah, what was ben. your, what was you about? I, I had a pretty good one. Uh, I wasn't actually in Philly, or I would have gone to Terror Behind the Walls, but uh, I went and uh, saw our brother David up in uh, Salem, so I spent Halloween in Salem. Ooh. Which is, it's just a pretty cool event, like, all of the trains offer reduced rates and stuff like that, trying to get people to come by ghost trains but it's also like a nice small town kind of feel so it's like very family oriented so although things are raucous they're not like college kid raucous that's nice, nice. at least not in general so it's just really lively and fun how were the uh, costumes like what did you see they were so good i i i picked a couple of moments out and wrote them down for us um please so here please are some tell. of my halloween memories this year uh <laughs> There was some guy in a really weird, fuzzy, almost Muppet-style costume, and he was holding a sign, which I think was the majority of what his costume was trying to articulate, which said, I shaved my balls for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. And that goes with any costume. I was transfixed, so I was staring, and then he was like, it was for you. As he passed me, I'm like... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> At which point he would, tried to get me to write down his number, and I rebuffed him, and he told me, fuck you, but I still love you. <laughs> oh. So I that mean, was good. He, he commits. Yeah, I don't know what his character was, but it was a character. It's like a 30-second uh, romance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll live on in our hearts and minds. Uh, I saw just a regular guy, but he was dragging a toy baby by a string through the streets. Wow. Yeah, that's something. I don't that's know what it some... is. Social I can't even commentary. decide if that's dark or not. I mean, it's... Yeah. I need, I need more context. It's, just, it's, it's more just, like, abusive. It uh, really is. On a spiritual level there. Uh, mm. Someone did dress up as BoJack Horseman. Nice. Uh, have to to which I responded, aren't you the horse from Horsin' Around? Which I was pretty proud of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he gets it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I guess the, the highlight of the evening was um, that some people were dressing up in, like, raincoats and zombie makeup and uh, and uh, signs that said uh, climate change is a hoax. Ooh. And, uh, and like, uh, they quoted themselves saying, Irma victim, which, off color, huh. but, like, there's some thought that went, off, that went into that, uh, that costume. Yeah. yeah, there were many points where you could have said, hmm... <laughs> It's like, is okay, this... you, you had a point to make. It is well made. Is this the best way to get this across? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are getting a lot of exposure. True enough. And not just about the guy who flashes you. Ah. Um, yeah, that and also the proselytizers that were telling everyone they were going to hell were, were pretty, pretty that, big highlights of the night. Was that in costume or were they just... No, they were just like the guys who show up to try to instigate fights. Oh, man. I mean, that's pretty fitting for, like, the Salem Witch Trials and everything. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And like the yeah. crowd was like totally against them. Uh, there were a few people in front of him with their own signs saying, we're sorry, this guy is so mean. Enjoy your Halloween. <laughs> How times have changed. Isn't yeah. that nice? Yeah, that's pretty great. Also, yeah. progress. Also, at one point, there were a couple onlookers who shouted to him, Hail Satan. And his response was, Jesus defeated Satan. We've been through this. <laughs> Like, have you finished the second season? <laughs> that that yeah. makes me wonder if that's so good. If it was in earnest or not? I mean, yeah, that, I, that is that is well, the best comeback. Well, the thing is, like, I, I was thinking about this. You have to have an incredibly prolific ability to just uh, just run off the cuff, you know, to improvise in order to hold that position. Yeah, that's true. Like, I can't. I could not talk as free form as as that you know uh proselytizer or whatever what, what yeah. do you call them like to Besides be a preacher assholes? or something yeah angry Soothsayer. preacher yeah yeah something like that Doomsayer. like you, you, you've got to be able to like ex like extemporaneous is the word you have to be able to extemporaneously talk about your yeah and, it, and i mean it's not as passion. though he's hurting for content that book is like crazy thick but still just the ability to talk on end for like three hours at a time. It's crazy yeah. thick. It's all tiny print, and there's like three columns per page. Yeah, and there's like three different languages it's in. <laughs> Dan so, had to do it for the kerning. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is beautiful. Oh, man. It's embossed on my wall. Never opened it. Got to keep it uh, in condition. Ben, what did, uh, did you dress up? Uh, Yeah, some uh, depressed asshole. It's <laughs> <is> great. <laughs> 20-something yeah. years running. Yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke. Uh, there's just any Giles Corey cosplay at Salem this year. I'm sorry, who is that? G- okay, so um, Salem Witch Trials, uh, what was it, 18 or 19 women were hanged, but there was one person who was not hanged but was killed in the thing. Giles Corey was actually, I think, the only man. I don't Don't quote me on that. But uh, he was crushed to death. He was being essentially tortured to give like information on who was the witch, who was the witch. So they've got him laid out on the ground, and they're just piling heavy rocks on him, and they're saying, confess, tell us who the witches are. It's like Game and, of Thrones. And he has the most epic... He was this old man, too, so he's <laughs> like putting up with this for hours, and he had the most epic last words that you could ever possibly imagine for this situation what do you got in response to one of the calls for a confession he said more weight yo <laughs> that is some gangster biz <laughs> so if somebody did that as sort of the thing i would uh i would have taken yeah. a selfie with that <laughs> i don't take selfies often but that that would have been my op what I do, it's with a man who's there's being a, crushed to death under rocks. There's there's a picture in the, uh, in in the, there's like a historical picture of this happening, and there's a guy doing the dab in the background. <laughs> Time traveler. <laughs> you can't interfere with history, but you can dab and take selfies. That's a good power for empowered. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ben, I'm glad. It sounds like you had fun ultimately. In yeah, it, it was it was nice to kind of switch up the the formula, even though I would have loved to go to Terror Behind the Walls again. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm glad to hear that you guys both had uh, satisfactory Halloweens as well. Um, yeah. Dan, it seems like you ended yours in a perfect way, watching some of Helsing. I mm. did. I had to do my research. Yeah, it seems like you uh, did not dislike this research because you watched, I'm guessing, all of it? 
all 13 episodes of the of the um the first series uh, so yeah, we not uh, ultimate yeah it's a little complicated yeah today yeah, Zane, we're talking you give us the production history yeah please Zane. uh so helsing ran on fuji tv from 2001 to 2002 and it overlapped the manga it was based on uh which ran from 1999 to 2008 in young king ours uh which is just like an older analog of of shonen jump um it was written by Kuda Hirano. Uh, the internet lists The Weekenders as one of his works, but that, that can't be right. No, you went crazy. That's not true. Um, but it's confusing because there was another anime series, Helsing Ultimate, based more closely on the manga because it ran after the point in the manga where the, the anime picks up from. Right, mm. it's sort of a Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood sort of situation. Yeah, I'll take I'll take your word on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ran from 2006 to 2012 for 10 episodes um, because the original Helsing anime like kind of took the material that the manga had and then they ran out of material. It it started div- to diverge in the second half. Yeah, um, I, I, uh, I want to go back and actually watch Helsing Ultimate eventually because it was produced by Madhouse and everything they do is like covered in gold. Yeah, I was talking to a couple of friends, uh, you know, who asked me periodically what we're watching. Or no, not like, all the episodes, but only a few of them. And and they said like, "Oh my god, Helsing Ultimate is amazing!" And I read all the manga, and I'm like, "Well, we're we're doing Helsing, not Helsing." And then, oh, garbage, terrible. It is not. <laughs> or they they were like, "It's just not nearly." Excommunicate <laughs> them from your life. No, they they thought it was good, but I I think just the general consensus is Helsing Ultimate is. Uh, more true to the manga and better. I think that that is probably true as well, given Mm -hmm. things that I've heard about it. I thought that this... I haven't seen any of it. I think that the original is really good. Yeah, I I, I was pretty into this, although, as I said before we started recording, I kind of half-watched a few episodes, and those I was much less into. So I think this is another one of those shows where you get what you put in. Mm -hmm. That's true. I uh, ultimately... um, Pun unintended. Uh, hey. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching this. I watched all thirteen episodes, and yeah, something um, must have kept you going. Yeah, I mean, some of it is just, I mean, perfectionism, sure, <laughs> and vampires, and I just enjoy vampire. Yeah, things. you're you're not really into anime, so I guess yeah, the vampirism I, kind of pushed, you know, pushed you through it. Yeah, how, how was this compared to other anime you've seen? Uh I well. I really enjoyed it because it takes a far darker tone than some of the things that I've seen. And that, that's the, what I really liked about it. The lore is more fa- like familiarity for me is uh, something that helps me keep my interest. And there was a certain level of that that I could kind of you know, sink my teeth into. And I, I, I mean, I don't want anybody to get me wrong. I don't dislike anime. It's just not something that like growing up, it never really captured my imagination more as much as other forms of uh entertainment so it's just i'm I, my issue is just i just haven't sought it out as much mm-hmm. yeah I, so, I don't i don't blame you at all for it yeah. there, there's several things that anime does as a medium that are kind of distasteful to me you know all the mm-hmm. chibi bullshit nowadays is sort of a mainstay and i don't imagine <laughs> it going away and that kind of sours all of anime for me even though it's mm-hmm. not in everything yeah. i get what you mean like you kind of avoid it in case you stumble into it, right? But like there is chance. some really good stuff, like Helsing, yeah. where like it doesn't kind of fall into the a lot of the traps that anime has. Yeah, 
Um, like yeah. a, a friend yeah. of mine lent me Ghost in a Shell um, a few years ago, and it's been sitting on my DVD stand since then. And I because it's like... it's kind of a double edged sword, right? So mm-hmm. either you watch it and you don't like it, in which case you wasted time and disappointed your friend, or yeah. you do like it, and now that's a whole new aspect of your life you need to feed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Feeding, <laughs> feeding like the undead. That's but Helsing, right. Helsing, I was able to find it online pretty easily enough. Uh, Legally speaking, of course. Yeah, same here. Um, I think it's on Hulu. Did you watch the dub or the sub? Uh, the dub. Good for I you. I did watch the dub. Yeah. Um, I think it was, yeah. by and large, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I I was able to finish it. Oh. Uh, I, I wanted to grill you a little bit about how you like vampires in general. You talked a little... Mm. You talked a bit about, uh, you know, kind of the Dracula myth and how that started, but, like... Yeah. I wanted to discuss vampire vampirism with you in regards to uh, contemporary culture and media presentation, and yeah. uh, how this scales up it scales up to it. And we don't have to do all of it right now, but I want us to kind of lay our groundwork. Yeah, and we can. I mean, edit around this too. We can we can sort of edit around if we sort of hit hit different points along different ways, or if mm-hmm. we want to go back on, onto something. But yeah, we yeah. can definitely talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, start me off on that. I mean, yeah, start so me with a question. The name of the anime, as well as the inspiration, came from the name Van Helsing, which is the mm-hmm. character from the original Dracula novel who leads a band of, of uh, fighters to take down this mythical creature that uh, has gained sort of different powers and weaknesses in different incarnations. But um, Yeah, Le Vampire. Just, just clearly, like, soaked in myth, you're not quite sure what to believe. And that's something that you'll see in vampire lore generally is that there are certain core aspects to what a vampire is, but vampires are also whatever the storyteller needs them to be. And so yeah. you'll see a lot of fluidity between their powers, their weaknesses, their abilities, things like that. And uh, Helsing takes it one direction. Bram Stoker takes it another direction. Uh, Maybe just because that's what was in like the cultural lexicon at the time when weird shit was going on. So like yeah, nowadays it'd yeah. be like there's twelve different kinds of Slenderman. Yeah, <laughs> and the, I mean I, you can go online and find like a cross section of all the different vampire uh, fictional universes and a sort of comparison of all of their powers. And they, mm-hmm. I mean there are dozens in Dresden Files. They. Uh, they, uh, the the approach that they take in Dresden Files by Jim Butcher is that mm-hmm. there's like three main courts of vampires, and the black court are Dram Stoker vampires, and the white court are like Edward and Cullen style like sexy vampires, <laughs> and yeah, you know, uh, I mean, vampire. So let's see how I can formulate this. Well, well, how how do you like vampires as a horror construct? As a horror construct, okay, so. There's, well, there's a few uh, points find, there, right? Where does like, your horror different... rest? So, the thing that I like about vampire fiction is that a vampire is corporeal, intelligent, motivated. They, they have all of these things that other sorts of beasts and ghouls do not. So it's that a higher, become, a higher intellect. They are a higher intellect. They have feelings. They have motivations. They have histories. They can talk to you. They can talk to you. They can talk to you and pretend like they isn't a vampire. And that becomes a potent storytelling device. And they, they are a great way to explore 
themes as opposed to uh, like it, it becomes it becomes more about the vampire's interaction with human society as opposed to just this is a monster that must be defeated but like a, a vampire can and like i said the way that vampire abilities and interpretations are sort of fluid between fictional universes they are very like they can they tick the boxes that the storyteller wants them to. Yeah. And, and so th- they will have the weaknesses that are necessary to tell the story that they that the storyteller is trying to tell or they will have the powers and the ability and like that they're a very flexible storytelling device. Yeah. And, and that's something are, that I've always some, enjoyed. Sorry. The, there are some common themes though that help tie them together oh, and yeah. like can be used in other ways as we'll see in this anime. So flight or or um you know the fangs this sort of uh blood motif Mm -hmm. and this uh corruption or seduction of the innocent these all play in sort of a very um you know sexual way and so much more so than like okay zombie wants to eat your brains frankenstein's monster wants to smash your face Mm -hmm. uh wolfman you know hungry yeah it's much more it's much more nuanced and much more of a corrupting force rather than a yes, violent force. Absolutely. That's but some, but just that's as something... primal as something that's pure fear. It just is hitting both sides of that coin. Yeah. yeah. They're animalistic and they have darker motivations than anything that just wants to kill you. Well, I mean, that's what makes the main vampire in this so compelling is because mm-hmm. he's on the side of the humans and we don't have a fucking clue why. Yeah, that's <laughs> never really explained. It's, I, I'm, I'm not sure about the manga or the uh, the, 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 the like, like the ultimate uh, series, but yeah, in this one, it's not really so. Well explained. I, I looked up the timeline of this show, mm-hmm. and they specify that Alucard, the main uh, uh, vampire here, uh, is the original Dracula, name spelled backwards. Yeah, who'd that, have thought? Yeah, uh, yep. which means that he is that you know Vlad the Impaler. Um, what happened was he was. Um, like reawakened in World War Two and sent to go start beef with the Germans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of this plot that I think might actually get into spoiler territory and like is not strictly <laughs> necessary to know to watch the show. Well, I, I, I bring it up because um, one of my main points of reference, and I've brought this up on our, our podcast before, is the book um, Dracula versus Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> which Hair is wolf. <laughs> yeah, which is. Zane, you know, explain this to Dan. I love this. It's Please, basic, it's I need basically to know. the prequel to this show. It's it's saying like, oh, Van Helsing doesn't. You know, Europe's gone to the Nazis uh, or, or starting to. You know, 1941, and he's like, to kill a monster, we must resurrect another monster, and he like makes a deal with Dracula. Um, and in parts of the book, a we dog get, like, cannot hope to kill a monster. <laughs> uh, and uh, we, we we get like excerpts from Hitler's diary, but he doesn't call himself Hitler. He refers to himself as Herr Wolf. <laughs> no, I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like, it fits. <laughs> like, it works. I mean, he... Yeah. I, I mean, and I, I wonder if this is something that the show creators had on their mind, or maybe it is well, something that is Well, the Nazis had, a, like, like a, an occultism the, about them that's yeah. very easy to play into mm-hmm. in the same and, way that, like, if you're going to romanticize or, or like, make kitschy the story of Vlad the Impaler, mm-hmm. it's the same sort of uh, attempt to do that to the Nazis. Yeah, and, and Nazism is also, like, super closely married to, like, black science. 
you know, like this, like this dark like science. pseudoscience. Oh, we phrasing, maybe. <laughs> well, okay, this dark science, like it's actually used in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as well. Like Nazis factor in when they like find some sort of superhuman creature that wants everyone to die. It's yeah, the Nazis who uncover motif. them and test him. You got a skull motif, yeah. like you got to run with it. <laughs> and, I, and I guess there's a folkloric uh, conflict between wool, like werewolves and vampires, in some fictional universes. So uh, talking I mean, about Twilight. Twilight, uh, but no, that that actually goes back further too. The the uh, historical canon, Ben. And uh, so I mean, I mean, you know, hair of wolf. I mean, fire the history canon. I mean, Hitler's uh, Prussian headquarters was called the Wolf's Lair, where he was like the God attempted damn. assassination took took place at. Uh, there were attempts to organize um, guerrilla units in the winding down of the war called the werewolf units. I mean, That's and then kind of great p- putting a vampire up against that. I guess. Yeah. I mean that that's so that's so resonant with what this show does because it's so to set up the plot. Um, yes, the Helsing yes. organization exists in modern day London, well, like the outskirts 90s-ish. of London. What? Yeah. 90s-ish, I think. Okay, but like, like close enough. Uh, yeah. And Modern UK. And the, the Helsing yeah. organization has, has to uncover a plot wherein a bunch of normies are being transformed into fake or, you know, artificial vampires by this computer chip. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And it kind of boils into this, like, this kind of political maneuvering and, like, military operation against these three sides that all have stakes in the game. So mm-hmm. that really fits in with the whole uh, Nazi, like, hush-hush military kind of aspect to it. Everybody is mm-hmm. doing this. This is all very, you know... Maybe it's an not, arms race. It's an arms race, but it's a silent arms race. Not to mention, I think they allude slightly to the Nazi subplot that is... I I, I did a little side research. I, didn't, I haven't read the manga or anything like that, but I've done the research and I've seen that, like, there is, like, a post-Nazi villain organization that is involved in all this and uh when you look at the microchip uh, well it's not very micro when you look at the computer chip in the show 1997 dan you can actually just let it go uh there's actually a swastika in that design yeah Yeah. i saw that yeah i'm like foreshadowing and that's not just me and my ability to see swastikas where they were probably not intended oh don't don't get dan started folks i'm looking at you columbia sportswear (laughs) Look at that logo and tell me it's not a swastika. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so so it is kind of alluded to in the show, but they don't really touch it that much. Like no, and I th- I think it's also not that interesting a part. Like it's fine. Like it's yeah, it's fine yeah. as kind of like a motivator and giving us something to fight against. But like the important the cool parts of this show to me, I think, are mm-hmm. not really the uh, the the clash. They are not really the war that this sparks, but the individuals in the story. And what this kind of relationship between them to the organization brings out in themselves. So, like, mm-hmm. how and the organization big. that is Helsing reflects on Alucard, how it reflects on Ceres, and how it reflects on Integra, I think, are the more interesting parts of this. And, I mean, I'd, I mean definitely Ceres, like, the main plot of the show is Ceres um, sort of coming to grips with the decision that she makes in the first episode to become a vampire. Yeah. So, so, so like, a, a lot of that, a lot of the conflict is her kind of coming to grips with, like, well, this is who I am now, and making yeah, peace with herself. 
Yeah, um, it is very much a story about coping with sacrifice. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got to say, Dan, uh, you bring a lot of research to this show. Uh, <laughs> it always makes me feel like an idiot. I don't remember you looking up specs on toasters last time. It's okay. So I, I forgot. Know. But, no, that's okay. That's okay. And, and I mean, you, when you suggested that we we talk about Helsing, it's like, I don't know. But then I thought, vampires. You're, you're kind of perfect for this with your knowledge of, of history as well. <laughs> Uh, we can, and uh, thank you, thank you very much. I, I'm flattered, absolutely. You finally that. have some way to use it. This is finally coming. I mean, it I, all came to a head. I mean, Prob- we couldn't. Okay, we couldn't get Dan Carlin on this. So, I, <laughs> so this also comes in handy in bar trivia. Uh, but my bar trivia team, like we follow a quiz master that's a friend of ours, and it's been relocated to Tuesday nights, which is conflicts with my D and D. So I. This is my outlet now. I can finally, <laughs> I can finally flex my weird history uh, and folklore knowledge muscles. All right. Well, we'll be sending around some cold fries to you, and uh, you know, yep. get a twenty-five dollar gift certificate for Benigan. Thank you very much. Let's uh, let's start talking about the characters. If no, if you guys are are ready for that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I think these core three are are really the highlight of the show. Yeah. And when yeah. attention yeah. goes away from them, I kind of lose focus. Except, unless it's on like one of the evil vampires, in which case, those are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's start. Let's talk about Alucard. What are you doing? Both of us are vampires. You act more like a cockroach than a proper vampire. Left on your own, you would cover the world in filth. I can't stand your kind. You don't have the self-respect to be a vampire, you undead maggot. You barely know what you are. As for me, I have my own reasons for serving my human master. But that's not a story for trash like you. Yes, let's talk about Alucard. Dan, thoughts? Well, as we have established, and this has come up in other vampire fiction, Alucard is Dracula, spelled backwards. Yeah, in some such other a vamp- good I, secret identity. I hope it, I no hope one it. will see it coming. In some uh, other works of fiction, I think he's Dracula's son. Yeah, so... Uh, like in the, the Castlevania ha- uh, anime, that is actually what the case is. Yeah, that, there's the Castlevania. I know it originates uh, as far as it being Dracula's son. Uh, the, the British Hammer horror films. Uh, there, was, there was one called Son of Dracula, and Alucard is the son of Dracula in that mm-hmm. one. Um, I've also seen... In son, some, of son of Chucky. Son of Chucky. Okay. <laughs> And, Sorry, uh, go on. I've also seen in some fictional universes where Alucard, like Dracula, will use Alucard as an alias when he's interacting with uh, the human world. Yeah, it's Clark Kent. So, yeah, it's well, not. It's, it's like it Ultraman really isn't from Superman. It really isn't smart. I mean, I could pull that shit and start calling myself Leonid Savac. Like That's spell it good. back, spell it backwards, and I've got like a Serbian thing going. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Leonard Savage is pretty good. It's it's not gonna fool a season. Like if I'm being hunted to the point where I need an alias, it's not gonna fool anyone. I thought we agreed that your alias was Dane Caverns. It is Dane Caverns. That's that, right. That will never die. <laughs> so yeah, Alucard. And actually, it's a, it's heavily implied that Alucard is Dracula. Yeah. Um, I mean, in yeah. part because of how OP he is. Uh, he keeps yeah. himself as well, which is why we're not 100 percent sure that he is. But he's true. Although in the show it is, it, it does kind of come near the end of the show. Um, I actually wrote down the quote, um, but I, we can get to that later. 
but just more about Elucard. Um, so Elucard is in the service of the Helsing organization, which is, as Ben, you mentioned, uh, is dedicated to the fighting of non-human threats to the United Kingdom. Yeah, so he's sort of like an um, inside agent, and uh, like the fact that he's so yeah. powerful makes it that kind of like it's 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 that weird like inversion subservience. It's like the person who is subjugated, not subjugated, like he's willfully subjugated, but he's definitely at the beck and call of this organization, even though Absolutely. he could slaughter them with a thought. Yeah, Absolutely. And he's, he's really interesting in that, like, those motivations are unclear to us, but clearly, like, he knows where he's He knows exactly at. what he's doing. He's mm-hmm. 20 steps ahead. I, Guys, I love Alucard. I think that this character is so cool. And at the same time, really like, is. he has this bestial nature to him. Like, can he control it? it it's really unclear, and that sort of adds, it, it, it heightens. Yeah, it adds to mystique. Yeah. Um, the, the things that I like about him are the, the things that are, like, obvious, even though they're not said. So the fact that he wears... Uh, a big coat and uses a gun even though he's a vampire like Mm -hmm. this is a survivor this is someone who can adapt to the times um just just really great character work here well Mm -hmm. and it's somebody who's very much in love with himself (laughs) yeah he's all about the aesthetic (laughs) everything with him is presentation and looking cool and i mean how i mean who who else but an arrogant romanian noble Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, real. I mean, re- and so so the way that Elucard. I mean, all all that we really know about Elucard and how he came into the service of the Helsing organization is that sometime in I presume the 1800s, he was defeated by the Abraham Van Helsing of yeah. Bram Stoker fame. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that. The, as a matter of fact, I think that the events of the book are canon. And oh, that's great! That, that's this, pretty cool uh, in this universe. And so like, after, yeah, and so after the plot of the book, Helsing actually impresses Alucard into the service of using his expertise in being a vampire. Yeah, we don't know why he goes along with it. Maybe it's we like don't some know. twisted form of like respect for the one who slew him or like I, defeated him. Well, my understanding is that. like he he fought the Nazis and then uh, was captured and rescued. Um, I think it's like a yeah, I owe your dad a favor like, kind of thing. Yeah, balance the scale sort of thing. I'm taking it in a different direction. I think that sure. he's doing it because he like because he thinks it's fun. Like it'd, be, it'd be too possible. easy <laughs> to be on the pinnacle, like at the peak. So he's throwing his lot in with like a relatively weak faction of humans to try to quell all the other vampires like it yeah, seems like see that. it's a game to him don't want the competition well he loves that, that the idea be, yeah he loves the idea of being pitted in competition with other vampires he loves it so this is the cool thing he does this he, every time he he is getting into the thick of it he does this thing where he's like limited power release and we don't yeah, know what that means precisely that. but we get the feeling like he's <laughs> giving himself access to some but not all of his powers, and he's just like, "I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this shot with my eyes closed," kind of thing. <laughs> it is highly bureaucratic of him. I remember those sequences where it's like well, he that's... he's like he, he's like initiating a subroutine somewhere <laughs> well, in that vampire brain. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like after so many years of going undefeated and being top dog and just kind of getting bored with existence, he has to make new games for himself. This is how he this is how he plays. And this is why he doesn't. Uh, so, so he has this like arch nemesis, the the paladin, paladin Anderson. Uh, paladin Here's Anderson. a real piece of work. And 
like he he keeps on like he enjoys the hunt he enjoys fighting this guy who like is sworn to destroy him and it's clear like he's just like every time anderson comes back he seems more powerful or has a new trick and alucard is just like oh great i can step up another another notch i can show you another cool trick i have yeah he's training him he's (laughs) He's training him to take him him down (laughs) yeah He's trying to die gloriously in combat and just like, this guy's not up to the task. (laughs) But he will be one day. And that's actually a good opportunity to touch on. So we've talked about the Helsing organization, which is dedicated to that. But there is, so the Helsing organization is specifically a Protestant one. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) and, well, here's. I love that this is the schism. (laughs) It's ridiculous. The 500th anniversary. (laughs) They kind of do sort of touch on the the conflict between Protestantism and Catholicism in English and like, like the British Isles culture by having these two competing organizations, you got the Helsing organization, which is Protestant. And then there is the Iscariot. Yeah. The incredibly aptly named Iscariot organization. (laughs) Judas. Yeah. What the Uh, hell? Who named that? It seems like like Alucard (laughs) must've named that. I know. That's not, (laughs) they couldn't have named it themselves. A friend did not name that organization, but right. they're like I'm a gonna, subset of the Vatican. And I'm going to name very... my organization after my enemy, and I'm going to have them name their organization <laughs> after, and my name is my name spelled backwards. <laughs> so, so there is, so yeah. Stupid. So, so Paladin. So, so I, I never really understood it, uh, what, how does so Paladin Anderson has similar abilities to Alucard? He's a quote unquote regenerator. We don't know what that re- means. That's part yeah. of the mystique of this show is that they don't give us like outlines for all yeah. of these powers and like P- paladin anderson he's like there shall be no vampires i hate the fact that the helsing that the protestant helsing organization has employed a vampire yeah, the ex- yeah. in its there's fight this, against the supernatural this is- in the monster hunting world where like, <laughs> <laughs> monsters who are good can fight on their side if they're protestant exactly. <laughs> and actually do you want to get and into theology would you like to get into theology uh sure give us a little bit of that i think that that comes down i think that that's just a way of dealing with the idea that so one of the big schisms between catholicism and protestantism is that catholicism believes that faith is all you really need like faith is all that you really need to get to heaven but protestantism has this idea that no good works are like you actually have to live out the way of being and please write me all the hate mail if i'm getting this mixed and up so at they all. get their they get into the dirty work with it they get and so alucard can kind of like their theology allows alucard to sort of play along with their mission and he is considered in the helsing organization's eyes at least as good as a good entity redemption. Yeah, he is redeeming himself by serving, but there is no redemption for things like him, according to the Iscariot organization. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't I, even catch that. The, the, I, I didn't see it either. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that he's just playing, and this is the side that will let him on their team. But, I mean, either That's way. true, too. I mean, that, that gets into the different, like, the cross-cutting motivations No, you take people. Alucard. No, you. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's pretty brilliant. I yeah, like that. well, yeah, I, I hadn't considered that angle. There's also like Paladin Anderson is just such a ham. He's so he great. <laughs> <laughs> All of the villains big, in this are so great. He's a like, big salty ham. Because if like you're going both... to have Alucard, the coolest character, 
fight someone, it has to also be the coolest character. Well, that's the or thing. They're both way overdoing character. it. They're both overdoing it, but Alucard's just way better at it. Yeah, he's had he's had practice. Um, Hundreds of years. There's a couple things I wanted to note about his his kind of presentation. You know, kind of like him showing off what a gangster he is. He's always kind of got this swagger walk. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like he's showing off, but also kind of yeah. like he's doing a zombie shamble. Mm. So I, I really like that about him. And the fact that he's bright colors. Yeah. I don't know. Like, in a drab and dreary world, it really makes him stand out. Those yellow sunglasses or those yellow, like, shades. I don't so I don't know I th- what's going on with his, his presentation, but I think it's fabulous. I thought that the red coat um, and, like, his red eyes, like, red is the vampire color. Sure. And mm-hmm. that's used to reflect on Saris's character because, you know, her color motif is blue, but she also gets the red eyes when oh, she becomes yeah. a vampire. Like, blue yeah. and blonde. Yeah. Oh, and that, blue and blonde. There you and go. That's also, I mean, that comes in. That also comes in. I recall seeing a line in Stoker's novel of, uh, like, Dracula being described as having this red intensity in his eyes. So that could very well be. Yeah, the part of all the people he's impaled, etc. And like, and like Alucard. I mean, Alucard has a lot of bright colors in his presentation, but they're also very monstrous. I mean, you've got the red. Yeah, I mean, you got the like. The yeah, and he's also got the clothing. Creepy, He's got he's got the creepy demon eyes sometimes. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. time. And when he turns into a spectral hellhound that is so covered awesome. in red eyes, God damn it! Do- God damn it! <laughs> that is so cool. And I remember seeing. I was doing my research, and I was seeing like, is he a corporeal being or is he just a like a contained vessel for a for that power? Yeah. Like, so, well, the shape-shifting is a thing that vampires can do, the whole turning into bats thing. But Yeah, yeah. The thing the, that the thing that we... I, I'll drop it for now. We can get into it later. The fact that he's a dog sure. is very much related to his role as a servant of an organization. That's um, interesting. It, like, it also, they're attack like dogs. His, his, his powers also manifest in that sort of chaotic energy way. Um, this show was partly written by Chiaki Kanaka, who did some work on Big O. And he's like known for inserting Chthonian elements into stories. So I think that mm. was sort of like a like a nod to like, like yeah, the million it's a demon eyes dog, but like what if it was like a crazy demon dog? Mm. What's that? I, like, the, like the million eyes thing, it feels like one of the old gods. Yeah, yeah it's kind of Lovecraftian. Mm-hmm. There's extra there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, great, great character. I want to talk about the fact that he uses a gun. That's pretty cool. Zane, yeah. I think that you have a very compelling piece of evidence for why this is. Because more baller that way. Well, and, and Alucard <laughs> is nothing if not baller. No, you were telling me uh, earlier, like the first thing, I told you to watch the show. We planned it for the podcast. Your first comment back to me is, this is trying so hard to be Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like right around the same time. And it's got that, it's got the very jazzy riffs, jazzy opening. And, like, the main character is just, like, he's cool. Like, that's the first word that comes into your head. Mm-hmm. And so he's got this, like, this gun has more detail than anything else in the show. Yeah, it's a hand cannon. <laughs> There's a real weight yeah. to it. And he's, like, he doesn't need to use that. No, it's 14 kilograms because they have enhanced strength. He uses it specifically to kill other vampires, knowing okay. that he holds the key to his own death in his hands constantly. Well, he, uh, he just, like I don't so much there. He wouldn't need the gun, but he likes having his toys. Like this is the whole thing about him playing is like this is a new toy for him. Like I remember one time, you know, the this universe is Alfred or whatever, the butler. Um a van, mm-hmm. the, the the crazy skilled gives him a new butler, gives him a new gun and they like go through 
just loving detail about everything going into this gun. The weight, the grip, the the ammo that it uses, how much it can store, like the mm. types of rounds. It's so cool. And, and he's like in the type with it. Like the type of rounds, I mean he has to explain why the gun will affect a vampire in the first episode, otherwise it wouldn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, what was it <laughs> why, like? Why like, a vampire? Yeah, if I like recall mercury correctly, he was, or something? he was explaining that the bullet was made of silver melted down from the from a cross, sancti- right? Yeah, from a sanctified cross that was once at the top of a church. And, yeah. that, <laughs> and boom, that is why... Bullets will kill a vampire. They're, they're just regular bullets. He's, yeah. <laughs> like, just, honestly, if they're I, hollow if points, had, but he just if has I had fun. to level. If I had to level, just like a personal thing, like like a personal criticism is like, I I always have this this conflict with the action adventure vampire hunter genre versus the vampire as a horror phenomenon. But I think that this show, yeah. I think this show treaded it well enough. But well, it was something that I was kind of like, I, I like I had trepidation going in. It's like this is just like Van Helsing as the action hero. When it's in helpful fact, that you know Alucard isn't yeah. exactly a hero. Not really. Like no. he he doesn't really like, show up most of the time. Like yeah, I think he's and, the second, if not the third, most prominent character. And that was my only like thing going in, where it's like I wonder about this. But I think at the end of the show actually allayed my fears quite a bit because of the way that they that they sort of approached it. I mean, hmm. it didn't seem gratuitously like overpowered. No, and if, if and if any, any character had to be gratuitously overpowered, it has to be Alucard. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. But the gun, I mean, my God, that thing! <sighs> cool gun. Like you could just blow a hole the size of a watermelon in somebody's chest. Yeah, it's like it's like it's Alucard amazing. like saw a good, bag and the ugly, and then just changed his whole outlook on life. It's like, oh, I should do this. Had to go to a midnight showing. (laughs) So in, in the first episode... Um, this policewoman, Sarah Victoria, is, like, all of her comrades in arms have been, like, turned into these, like, zombie vampires. Yeah. Uh, what are they called? The freaks? Ghouls. Go- uh, go- so, yeah, the ghouls. The freaks are the vampires that get turned by the chip. Ghouls are the humans that they drain. I think gotcha. there's some, like, complicated rigmarole to, like, who becomes a vampire and who becomes a ghoul. And I think it's said so in the anime that if you get your blood drained while you are a human, if you are a virgin, you become a vampire, and if not, you become a ghoul. It's all bullshit. Like, just, they become ghouls. <laughs> you need goons. You need minions to sort of fill yeah. the fill the ranks. So. Yeah. So, most um, of you are going to be ghouls. Mm-hmm. But uh, Alucard is able to give her... The, the option of becoming a vampire. Gives her a because, sexy transfusion. Yeah. Well, he he has to kind of kill her, like shoot through her, and he's like, okay, you can die or you can do this. And she's but, like, that is not a great choice. No, and, I, and it's and also this, not the only choice that he has. Like, we've seen later that he could do anything that he fucking wants to kill this guy that is holding her hostage. Yeah, so like his. So, he's 100% yeah. manipulating her into sacrificing herself to become a vampire. Again, he's bored. Absolutely. He wants an apprentice. And he gives the most bullshit explanation of, like, I am putting you in this no-win situation, but you have to become a vampire willingly. I'm giving you you no choice, but you have to choose willingly. 
So it's yeah. either die. It's it's or... real libertarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you have a choice. It's it's more Randian than anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you have the you yeah. have a choice, the free market or, you know, the street. So to so, not die. Yeah. She she decides to allow herself to become a vampire. A lot of the story is her kind of coming to terms with you know, I was a human, now I'm a vampire, I'm also a cop, what does that mean, where do my loyalties lie, how do I define myself, am I even still a person, or am I just mm. a lapdog for this organization? All of that stuff, I think, is really good. Yeah, it's well done. Uh, one of the main, because uh, she kind of gets drafted into this organization, and early on she really, like, I don't know if I can do what they need me to do, but I'm a vampire on payroll, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's um, still working for the police force in a way. It's just and, her, and I mean, her role has changed. Her function is the same. I mean, it goes as far as, like, in the very beginning, she's even reticent to drink blood. Yeah, like, for, like, three episodes, she's just like, no, yeah. can't do it, no, not Like, every thing. day she would get, yeah, every every day she would get an ice bucket with, like, a vial, yeah, like, a big like bag of medical like blood. Yeah, like, chilled, like it's champagne. Yeah, and she, like, the first time she sees it, she, like, she, she, like thinks about it, thinks about it, thinks about it, and then she just smashes it across the across the table and spills it away because she doesn't want to like she wasn't fully comfortable with her decision like what am i now yeah she she made that decision but she didn't understand the full consequences of that decision yeah this slow acceptance of her like new nature is is really well done and Mm -hmm. like i it felt gradual but it felt very real like this is about the pace that feels right Something that I think that this show does really well is kind of express how people have to sacrifice some of themselves in order to survive in various ways. Mm-hmm. She yes. do, she does that here by kind of sacrificing what she thought of what it what it meant to be a good person. You know, um, in one of the first few episodes, she has to shoot this vampire who kind of doesn't deserve to die, like this this girl who is just kind of infatuated with this vampire boyfriend she has she's kind of just in Mm. love and doesn't really she's just a stupid girl kind of like maybe maybe she deserves to die but saris can kind of see some of herself in there and has to just kill her totally emotionlessly this is a character that is you know pretty you can empathize with this character pretty easily she's scared she's running she just wants some like comfort and saris has to assassinate her from like a mile away yeah, that's true. It's a very uncomfortable um, experience for her. And then to take the Helsing organization's side of that, I mean, in that situation, this was a vampire couple that was, I mean, they were murderers. I mean, whatever yeah, sort of sex like, murderers. Gi- yeah, they were sex murderers. So whatever giggly <laughs> Man, sort of that, front that, that she was, that, whatever that slaughter blow she, job was really, I, I didn't know that. It fun. follows. That was so that good. Was shocking. I, so I forgot that that happened from the first yeah. time that I watched the show, and I was, like, clapping out loud, and I saw it. I'm like, yay. So, like, irredeemably criminal, but also kind of... Like, in over her Giggly head. as a front. Like, yeah, so, like, you can also see yeah. her being manipulated by the boy in that. Absolutely. You know, that, like, it's an abusive yeah. relationship. She should have had sure. a better lot in life, but she has to die. So seeing that conflict play out was one of my favorite things about this show. Yeah, that was a great is, episode. Like, the character drama of Cirrus Victoria was phenomenally well done. I, I agree. I wish it had been voiced a bit better. <laughs> yeah, so in case you couldn't tell, this is uh, an American doing a British accent. I can't yeah. even oh, believe boy. it. 
I almost wonder if our uh, if our accents in the opening skit weren't a little uh, they were higher quality than some of the. Th- I mean, yeah. <laughs> then again, there were. I mean, th- th- there were some cases where it just seemed like they didn't care about having a having an accent really at all. So, yeah. it, so this is, having a bad accent didn't. But yeah, like it, yeah, was, it was fine. Uh, this is someone named K. T. Gray for the English dub, um, and okay. uh, just because we missed it earlier, Alucard is Crispin Freeman, who uh, is a number of mm-hmm. other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Most notably to me, he voices Red Arrow in uh, Young Justice, which is great. Mm. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, Sarah's, her voice has this, you know, almost, like, pouty or mousy quality. Like, this is a very sexualized character. Yeah. Um, I actually want to talk about, yeah. like, her as a woman in this very male organization yeah. and, and like the interplay that she has That's with the true. foot soldiers. This is great. Um, it's really incredible. Cause like she is put into this, like I'm a vampire now situation. She could rip these people apart, but like she's getting hazed by, all the, all, by the boys club. That is the rest of Helsing. Yeah. Like what's that about? It, it's after getting, weird, it's this weird inversion of the power dynamic, right? She's at the bottom of the totem pole. She's the newbie. But she's like stronger than everyone else. But she's also the disenfranchised gender, and they really have fun playing with that, you know. After getting her standard issue military miniskirt, <laughs> she just got off the shift from waitressing. You know, she she was called up mid transit. She's like, oh, I don't have time to change. I guess I'll just go in this. And she's down the drive to get down and use that huge gun. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we need we need yeah we need an excuse. Uh, I don't love how sexualized she is, but uh, I like the rest of it. Everything else is mm-hmm. fine. And she's not that sexualized. She's not, like, constantly, like, mewling and rubbing her nipples or anything. It's just... Uh, no. You know, <laughs> there, yeah, she there, is the like, only girl, and she's an attractive young one at that. Yeah, there's worse out there, but I can tell... And, and actually, the, that power dynamic thing was something that I that didn't come across to me. But now that you now that you mention it, it is, it is fascinating to see that. Like, yeah, she is a incredibly powerful creature yeah there's yeah. a great there's a great moment in one of the early episodes where like she's giving orders to all her men because she's you know they're trying to recruit newbies um yeah. and one of them like like i heard about some sexy female vampire on payroll and she goes up to him and like bends his rifle in half it's <laughs> like oh your rifle's effective go get a new one chump <laughs> and, like, yeah. and you're like huh, these, these power dynamics are like flipping on like they know intellectually that she is a vampire but seeing it seeing her exercise her power totally shifts it you know yeah plus there's a freudian side of that (laughs) real ball buster that you cannot overlook (laughs) there's also a um like i didn't even think of that dan (laughs) that is great there's also a uh, minority element to it like she doesn't want to take the easy violent route in part because like Partly she doesn't want to accept being a vampire, but also she doesn't want to be like, oh, oh yeah, you know vampires, they're out of control. Like, she owes the business something to, to be one of, quote-unquote, the good ones. Mm-hmm. Apparently in the anime, she had much more of a violent past. And so, in like, this kind of animalistic... Oh, in the manga. Or the, 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 the manga. Uh, she'd had, she would kind of, like, flip into this kind of super violent, like, vampire side a little bit more regularly. Um, I don't think it's necessary. I kind of like her as is, you know, kind of daddy's little girl, a little bit innocent, but needs, you know, with a lot with a good sense of duty. I also think yeah. that we might be building up the contrast between her as the naive girl 
when the final remaining character is like smashes the glass ceiling into next week <laughs> yeah yes so this is sir integra helsing um, god i first... thought that when i saw alucard i'm like oh this is the cool person in this show nope <laughs> nope this is oh, the then they all are <laughs> except for those annoying like teenage vampire like angsty grunts <laughs> yeah I, I love i love sir integra helsing she is so cool yeah she's a great character and um, and this actually follows from the like gender dynamics of Ceres's character. This is the first uh, female uh, uh, like person in charge of um, of Helsing, and you can see like she's pushing so hard because she doesn't want to hit that glass ceiling. She wants to be taken seriously. Yeah, she is the no fact that, like, she's still called professional to a T, in command still of every situation. Still on being called Sir. Yeah, and that and that goes back to her backstory, which we get near the end of the series. Um, she was put in charge of the Helsing organization at the age of thirteen. Jeez. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> so it's yeah. almost a little too stupid. Like I, I kind of wish well, that like uh, what's his he, name Winslow, the butler. The, he should have kind of like been. Yeah. Well, what's that? What's that position where you're like caretaker of the position? Uh ooh. My mind is blank. Yeah, that Lord of the Rings guy before he jumped, before he got set on fire and jumped off of uh, the White City. You know who I'm talking about? Shit. I'm letting you down. Like, not Viscount. I wish it was Viscount. I know it's not that. No. Eh, anyway. But anyway. Yeah, so so Sir Integra's uh, backstory is that at the age of 13, her father, who was in charge of the housing organization, dies. And initially, it was a situation of um, her uncle was supposed to sort of ensure that she was ready to take on this responsibility. But her uncle decided that this 13-year-old little girl cannot possibly handle this. I am the rightful heir to this position. He pretty much tries to stage a coup, and she counter-coups. That's awesome. and that is actually where we are first introduced, uh, like in the in the timeline uh, of, of just like uh, uh, to Alucard, uh, because um, yeah, Alucard was being held in the. So yeah, the uncle was sending Integra to the family dungeon. I'm sure you all have fond memories of your family dungeons. Oh yeah, um, yeah every, thanks- every Thanksgiving. I always hate it. Down in the cage. Thing. But so when, much grime she, and sweat but when, and blood. But when the uncle f- brings her down there with his henchman in tow, Alucard has been held in the dungeon for however long. And it was, was sort of grinning? a family... Was he grinning and he, laughing? He kind of was. That's his only setting. And, I love it. It and, doesn't matter where he, he is. <laughs> he, he was like a family <laughs> secret that, that her father had never really uh, told anyone about. And that... And, like, he basically solidifies her, her position... By like, I think that's where some of the uh, loyalty comes from between Alucard and uh, Sir Integra Maybe. is that she basically lets him loose. Yeah, from... I, I get the feeling that she never really trusts him, but she trusts that he will act in his own interests, and his own interests are being part of Helsing. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I, and so that's how that came about: is that she, like, she had to take on this responsibility at an early age. Yeah, I, I like that she's holding the leash. You know, again with the power dynamic mm-hmm. thing, she's. Not not just is she a woman in kind of a military campaign, she is also a normal human, and she yeah. is the most powerful mm-hmm. person because of that position that she has. 
Um, yeah. It also helps yeah. us remember that humans aren't completely defenseless. Every so often a vampire is gunning for her and she will just kind of, you know, talk it down. Mm-hmm. And that feels it's, really great and deserved. It's a little, um, it, it may overdo it a little. I would have liked to see her, like, vulnerable at some point. Like, I feel like we never quite get past the mask. I don't know. There's a couple times, like, when uh, there's a point pretty early on where a couple of vamps come in and try to, like, stage an assault on the Helsing organization and she gets pretty angry and like you know maybe not she's she's still in control and she's still got like kind of a clamp on what needs to happen and she'll do Mm -hmm. what needs to get done but she is definitely losing i gotta the reins on her emotion a little bit i hated those two vampire infiltrators so much i was like yo that that was when i was like i the valentine brothers the valentine brothers i really i really like the one uh like the loudmouth one. The one who's not just swearing for no reason. No, that, he was my favorite. Oh, that was why? he the one who screamed, "I'm so hard right yeah, now!" Yeah, he's so great. The one, <laughs> the one decked out in Yu-Gi-Oh bling. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely listening to the heart of the cards. I, oh my, like there's this. There, I, I wanted to say one line by him at some point. This is as good a point as any. The dubbing Please. is so good when they're trying to portray delinquents. Like <laughs> the 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 line that he says to the boardroom full of people while he's like staging this ambush is so playful and like like bullying. Now while you're waiting for us to kill you, we highly recommend pissing yourself, followed by a course of praying to your impotent god, then cowering in the corner and begging. Always good. But if you act now, there's still time for an old-fashioned suicide. <laughs> we love you. Good night. <laughs> and I hope you cut that whole thing in because it's great. That's, yeah, please that, find that. Or I will, clip. I guess. <laughs> Somebody find that. Oh, no, I've, that I've got it locked down. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that was like the only thing from him that I could stand. But, uh, Everything else was just like, <laughs> well, you I, know, random death threat generator. I don't know. I, I liked how like the serious people are the ones that kind of have have uh have uh kind of restrained themselves in some way, who have, have had to kind of give up parts of themselves. So Alucard, I think... Mm-hmm. And, and this is kind of going into tone. I don't know if you guys care if we do that. Yeah, yeah. It, I think that in an effort to keep the reins on his sanity, he's sort of making games for himself and, you know, limiting his own behavior. You know, quite literally, he's limiting his abilities in order to not go crazy. Um, Integra, it, you know, a lot of responsibility. She can't, can't act out. She kind of can't be herself or, like, emote too strongly because she needs to keep the favor of her men. Um, in a way that I wish I'd phrased differently. And uh, Sarah's especially is, you know, she is normally really bubby, bubbly and, like, innocent, and then once she realizes that she has to make sacrifices in order to be a vampire, you see that slow transition. The drinking of the blood, the being able to kill someone, all of these different things, mm. they're kind of modifying and, and restraining themselves, their own behavior, in order to survive. Now, a vampire oh, you're saying, is... Wait, you, you, so you're saying that, uh, you know, they need to be stoic, uh-huh. keep a stiff upper lip? Yeah, it's, it's all British. about discipline, right? It it's, is very it, British. And it's what, British. what do all the vampires do? They're like, we're fucking immortal, let's go rage, you know? That is a great point. <laughs> you know, like, so that's why yeah. I really like that guy, and that's why I really like, like, the, uh, the, the, the blowjob murderers. It's because actually... they're just all... They're all like hedonism. They they don't they don't restrain themselves at all because they know they can't die. Yeah, they've great. kind of yeah they've kind of embraced the frivolity of being monsters. 
Yeah. Whereas like somebody like Alucard, somebody like Cirrus, they they've kind of like, yeah, they've had to sacrifice part of that to be a positive actor in the world. And it, it fits into the vampire mythos because you know part of the reason why they were considered so scary is like, oh no, my daughter's gonna get bit by a vampire and turn into one of them sex demons. <laughs> you know, like it's it's a yeah. real um, like seduction and corruption <laughs> kind of thing, and you can see. That, like, when they let up their guard at all, this is what you, you become. Yeah, and I, I also think that... Uh, I think that Alucard's kind of seen shit-tier vampires. Like, ones who do kind of, like, let themselves go and don't restrain themselves at all. And he's like, mm-hmm. in order for me not to turn into whatever the hell that is, in order for not, <laughs> me not to just be kind of a mad dog, I need to have somebody holding the leash. So he willfully gives up his you know, his his freedoms to this organization. He's like, you hold it for me. I can't be trusted with it. This is this is what needs to be, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. I can't just be subject to my own whims. And that's why he takes such like, a personal interest it. in Ceres. He's like, I'm going to save your life, but I'm also like, you know, I'm, hold, I'm holding the, I'm holding the leash. Vampire anime, not the first place I would think to look for a personal responsibility narrative. Mm-hmm. But, With a healthy uh, dose of BDSM, because she's always calling a master. But you know what? This does not disappoint. Every every <laughs> single time, I like just kind of squirm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, can't she Wasn't come up with a better title? <laughs> like... She jumps right in. She's like, oh, I've read Harlequin romance novels on Halloween before. This is what happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I, I like your interpretation of that. Thank you very much. I spent a lot of time on it. <laughs> You're goddamn welcome. Yeah. Uh, anything else we want to talk about with Integra? Um, well, the, the nature of the threat being um, like... Uh, uh, freaks generated by this computer chip. Yeah, let's mm. get into that. It, it fits with the whole like monsters reflect the fears of society. Ooh, mm. I haven't thought about this. You know, this was right before Y two K. Like, <laughs> uh oh, oh no, it's happening again. <laughs> so, so what is your what's your beat on this then? So, like, the internet, and and they say like. Uh, there's an episode, uh, like, after a few, where, you know, this is a secret organization, and some stuff gets public, like a vampire attack on camera, spread through the internet. It's this whole, like, we won't have secrets anymore. This is Big Brother all over again, um, Mm. and computers can expand our capabilities but are not improving our morals at the same time. And it's, like, it's the perfect metaphor mm. for like this lack of control of the old guard that's good yeah i hadn't thought yeah. about it it's also ironic because um historically i you know f- fictional historically speaking uh what's the first thing they did when vampires were running amok they proliferated information on how to beat them like mm. information yeah, that's true and knowledge has always been the enemy of supernatural forces. Once we know how to beat because them, you can't, no big deal. You can't fight them just, you can't fight them like man to man. Yeah, upload the virus. But yeah. now the problem is technology. So it's it's kind of like a, it's a nice flipping the, flipping the formula there. And I definitely recall um, with that sort of breach of security of secrets uh, sub storyline, like, the logic was that if people knew 
what sorts of terrible, horrifying things throughout their chaos would ensue. We have to keep this from them. Yeah. yeah. Like, the danger of this getting out is people would just freak out. Mm-hmm. Again, very um, British. Like, <laughs> very, very British. Just ignore all that war going on outside, you know, our waters. Um, you know, we have to be very stoic. You can't be trusted to interpret the do- the Bible. Let me do it for you. That's, <laughs> yeah, you oh, know what? what? We haven't even touched the religion angle. <laughs> really. I'd also add to that um, the the micro, the, like the computer chip side, uh, like the computer chip vampires are not willful. And that's something that sort of subverts the traditional vampire lore is that mm-hmm. like, it's like when you see with uh, Elucard and Ceras, like it is sold to Ceras as like almost you a devil's have bargain. To make, yeah. Like you have to make the decision to become a vampire. I cannot just do this to you. You have to be willing to it. But with the chips, you're not re- like nobody really does Those that. Are, oh They're man. Thralls, I didn't right? even it's think like about that. Field. He's basically like, these are the powers, but it comes with a leash. I, I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, and so the freak vampires are the ones who have no sense of responsibility because they have no concept of what they've really even... Um, yeah, they're just staring in front of the computer all day. <laughs> yeah, they just know that they have power now. Yeah. They just know that they have power, and they have no theory of how to use it or why to use it. Yeah, fear of the youth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I guess also works into the religion angle, you know, like, um, oh, they're spreading ideas beyond what we've approved of. Yeah, yeah, and that, and and that also can kind of come back to the conflict between the Helsing and the Iscariots. I mean, they have two very different philosophies of how to fight the problem. Yeah, it's and... weird that they're both kind of on the same side, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're both Christian. Uh, technically, like if if you were to ask, like the fl- I mean, like, yeah, the I mean, fl- Protestants and Catholics if, are really kind of the same you, thing, aren't they? If when, you were when to Zombie ask, Hitler the, is coming back. You you have a lot of allies. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to ask the most fuzziest sweater, like liberal religious thinker, yeah, there's no reason for there to be any conflict between these two because, mm-hmm. of course, they're just Christians ultimately. Don't but they both there love are. God. But this is something that puts into stark relief what a theological difference there is between these two yeah. to the point where, yes, they have they have similar um, umbrella terms in common, but they have very different metaphysics that make them, in the most extreme circumstances incompatible like like you're gonna get arguments between a protestant and a catholic if you needle down deep enough and the way to fight the supernatural is one of those i guess as presented in the show well well, they get i was hoping that i could get kind of more of a turf war kind of feeling to the this uh this this political battle because i think we get the i think we get information that helsing is being funded by the british government or something like that yeah, the British government is involved in some way. But I'm wondering um, how Iscariot is funded. It's the Vatican. Okay. Like, it, it, it's, it's actually a department of the Vatican. Yeah, it just um, it seems weird that they're fighting each other. It seems like there should be some, some force beyond mere morality that is driving them into conflict, like something economical. But, but then that gets into the idea that split the— that split especially the Church of England from the rest of mainstream Catholic, uh, Catholic theology in the first place, which was conflicting conflicting sovereignty mm. because, um, because it gets down to who actually has authority to deal with governing. 
is it the church? It, does the church get to have this authority, or is there something more local that gets to have this? I mean, the, the one who knows how to kill vampires has the authority. Well, I'm that's yeah, where I come but down. It, but is that fight going to be coordinated from Rome or yeah. from London? Is, is, is it that going to be, be the church is involved, or is it going to be government is involved? This is like a micro kind of Cold War esque who can get to the moon first sort of battle. Yeah, because because MI five shows up a bunch too, and they're like, "We'll take it from here," and they're like, "Oh no, you won't. Uh, That's yeah, not going to go well and, for you." And they're part of the secular British government, yeah. but never forget, never forget, never forget that technically the monarch of the United Kingdom is still technically the head of the Church of England. Huh. Right. So they I, are I still they are, they are technically a religious leader if you want to make that case. The only way to stop the vampires is through divorce. <laughs> is what I Specifically I'm divorce, divorce or de- of church and state. Divorce or decapitation. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the guillotine. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. how that's how King Henry dealt with his problems. <laughs> he was the original so, vampire hunter. So I think that's kind of what they're getting at in some of that conflict is that it's 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 a it's a fight over conflicting authority. The Vatican is very um, presumptuous about what it what falls under its purview, but then you have this more localized, more British way of dealing with things. That, yeah. that like it, it's just a, it, like it can come down to just a fight between who's in charge here. No. Yeah, that, really? that's, Who, that's like, interesting. I, I wouldn't have and, minded seeing more of that. I, I bet it went into more detail in the manga. And it does come up at, a, at like when we're first introduced to the Paladin Anderson. Um, he's basically once the vampire that he and Alucard are kind of fighting over is killed, like he's thrown out. Like Integra basically says, "You've accomplished your mission. You have no right to be here anymore. Yeah. Get out of here." This is why I love her so much. She doesn't blink yeah. an eye. She's like, "You're out of your jurisdiction, punk." <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Anderson's throwing his weight around like there's no tomorrow because Catholic, right? <laughs> I have nothing. And, really and also, wrong. he's like, like spreading a bunch of those like magic seals on the walls. We don't know what they do. They're not. Yeah. That's not explained. <laughs> I love how little they explain. <laughs> yeah, I need to not... Well, that's the thing about horror is the less you explain, the better it is. Yeah, yeah. your brain gets to fill in a lot of those details. Uh-huh. That yeah. said, I yeah. wish they had moved a little faster. Um, you know, I did watch a good good chunk of this series, mm-hmm. and, but honestly, a lot of the information I took in is much more impressionistic. I can't really tell you what any episode's plot line was. I think that's intentional. There was, a lot yeah. of, there was a lot of stuff in there where it's like, you know, get to the... Get to the parts that tell me about the characters or, you know, show me some cool fights. There, is like, awful, there was a lot of chaff. There's a lot of talking where it doesn't need to be talking. Like, I felt that a lot of the time where Saris was talking, it didn't need to be a talk. It could have been handled mm. out on the field with maybe a good, you know, um, kind of like a slow sense of tension and build up and execution. Yeah. Not really a lot of talking, but, like, I feel like they could have conveyed a lot of what she was going through just with For- moments. Everything with Integra said, there's a lot of exposition. Everything with Integra, I think, is needs to be exposition because she's good at it, and she yeah. every time she mm-hmm. does a speech, it's great. Um, I buy it. Yeah, I, I kind of want to talk about the audio and the dialogue. Um, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, I, I, I like I said, I kind of half watched a couple of these episodes because I was I was tired and not really focusing, and I realized like. The ambiance and the like, the foley, like the sound effects, and 
the voices are all distinctive enough and there aren't too many of them, this would actually, I think, be almost better as an audio play. Ooh, interesting. Like an old mm-hmm. radio drama. Yeah, especially with like uh, that slow, uh, the slow sound effects of the me- mechanisms in a gun firing. Yeah. Where like yeah. the chamber sliding back and the propulsion yeah. of a bullet and th- those being very distinct audio cues. There's just so much detail and care there um, that like the visual kind of can't keep up. I uh, in terms of keeping my attention. Well, the thing is, I think that it, unfortunately you missed out on a lot of the visuals by uh, by kind of uh, focusing on the duller parts of it. It was all colors and shapes. They're so good with <laughs> shot composition. So like, it's not all like they're not very good with movement. You know, this is kind of a manga to anime format staple is that they will have very good panels because those panels already happened in the manga and they were great. Uh, (laughs) For example, in the first episode, Alucard shoots a vampire. He falls down dead. He crumbles to dust and the bullet, which is whole and unmarred by blood, is just atop that pile of dust. Like, that's such a good image. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't get a lot of motion. There's not, like, a lot of crazy flipping and sword fights or whatever. But the little yeah, moments even the fighting like that, is more like still panels or like that blood resting in the ice bucket on that table with like a dining room presentation. Yeah, set pieces. Uh-huh. Ooh, what? I'm sorry. One more. A camera yeah. zooms into a dog scrounging around in the dirt. The camera zooms in more and the dog is carrying a human hand in its mouth. Hmm. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. There's these like little images and like setting pieces that like are very evocative, but within those, not a lot happens. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say that I think you're both right. Mm. Thank I, you, Dan. In my, in my recollection... <laughs> you're welcome, Ben. <laughs> in my recollection of it, there were stretches where it just felt like it was hard to pay attention to what was happening on the screen, and then you would just get hit with this stark image and something just like visually stunning, like... Mm-hmm. The art form was well done, but like something I was saying, I think before we really started the show was um, like one of my issues with some anime is just like the pacing just doesn't seem right to me. And just the way that like the visual and the audio and how it all meshes together, like sometimes it just seems like there are stretches where it just doesn't feel like there's anything really happening, but... Yeah, it'd be nice if I got like a like a one minute warning, like cool shit's about to go down. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think that you're missing part of the horror experience. Like, I, I'm not gonna the anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. The build up and the tension kind of thing. <laughs> and I, I, actually, Zane, I'm with you too because there were a few a few of these episodes episodes where it's like I had a long day at work and I just had to put these on as research and maybe I didn't pay as close attention and they those are the ones that dragged to me. But it the ones demands I, it demands your attention. It does. Yeah, and like Ben, you were saying the ones that I could pay close attention to, like there is that anticipatory horror aspect. Yeah, to it, where there absolutely like, is. There's this one yeah. moment where, like, a lot of the MI5 or, like, the Helsing goons are, like, on a... Or, or maybe it was just a bunch of ghouls. They're, like... Like, tension is mounting. The sides are starting to meet. No one's kind of met each other. The fight hasn't broken out yet. A bunch of ghouls are kind of methodically going through this train car to car. One of them goes through the doorway of the train and then pulls back from the doorway of the train with, like, 50 knives in his chest. <laughs> and we're like, oh, that is Anderson. <laughs> and that's when everything kind of kind of goes crazy. But up until then, 
it's all very much people running around corners and looking for stuff, you know? This would make a really good, like, book club show where you watch an episode and then the next day, like, you all talk about it. Like, oh, and this was cool. And what did this mean? And what was he talking about this? Like, yeah, there's a lot watching here. It, watching yeah. it by yourself in a block, not, not quite as good. Did, did, and actually, yeah. I would have really enjoyed that because... As I was doing like side research on what I just saw, <laughs> I, I couldn't explain. really, I couldn't actually really find any like anything like that. Well, as Alucard far as didn't people discussing things. That... Yeah, I mean, like you know, anything else, I don't think Dra- I don't think Dracula had a gun and anything else. So yeah, but I, I mean, even just people talking about like the 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 plot of the episodes and what happened and what the symbols mean and things like that like what we're doing right now yeah I like couldn't my really enjoyment find... of this is increasing retroactively from this conversation I, I oh yeah know. but as I'm far sorry, as I totally interrupted you no that's fine but yeah as far as like going in depth into what happened in the show per episode I don't recall really being able to find any like I would find like plot mm-hmm. synopses that were not right comprehensive at all and the way people write friggin wikis nowadays (laughs) you would expect that yeah somewhere but like like detailed moment by moment explications on what happened yeah this this show is all like episodes that like set the groundwork kind of fill the space and then one or two moments an episode and that's where you're that's what you're waiting for or maybe like yeah one moment like 20 minutes into an episode and then there's two minutes of great and then like then, then we cut out. True. And True. and I guess I just I would I had that ability like I wasn't getting off of work and super tired. Zane, I know you're pretty busy. I did have the ability to focus when I was watching a lot of these episodes, and it paid off mm. in spades. Mm. Yeah, it might might be worth revisiting. What what were you you were saying a second ago that uh, you were enjoying it more retroactively? Do you have specifics on that? Um, just a, a better appreciation, like hearing someone else say like. Yeah, this is what's happening. Oh, yeah, there are themes here. Um, oh, you didn't even pay attention to the religious aspect. God, yeah. Um, just, like, <laughs> knowing that there's more depth and knowing to look for it, I think, adds a lot. Yeah, I, I, I'd i say so. We could also just be playing a game of art farts and just, <laughs> like, reading reading a lot more into this is what they intended. That is but... true, and that's always I... true with this podcast, but with manga that get adapted to anime, we at least have, like, a broad content base to justify our interpretation of this stuff because like yeah Yeah, they're not going to adapt just anything well well don't (laughs) same (laughs) well speaking of which speaking of which i think some of the like i think so to go back to the points we were just making about like how the show was paced i think one of the things that was a little lacking and maybe too much of this would have been a terrible thing is just a little more exposition, like a, a little just bit spread it more, around. a little bit more backstory. You, you mean like for people, give for, it some for people. You mean like give it like some edges to to draw in, or like yeah, like some or, coloring or, or, lines. Even like so, so, I think that some of the uh, the the lack of detail that I was able to find is that like true fans probably are well acquainted with the manga. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that I'm sure. 
I, I haven't looked into it, but I'm sure that there is a lot more detail in that. Yeah. As far well, as like some of the setup for who some of these people are that we're we're, we're given glimpses of in, okay. the, uh, the, in the show. Close, they're holding the cards close to the chest. It's like episode seven or eight before we even find out what those computer chips well, do. Well, hang on a second, because yeah. like there's two different ways. So. I agree in the sense that, like, I don't kind of know the players in this play, and that's, yeah, that yeah. makes it difficult to identify what's going on and what I should be surprised by. Like, an individual mission for Helsing against Iscariot, I kind of didn't know what was going I don't, like, know why Anderson suddenly showed up. Mm-hmm. I was happy when he did, but, like, I kind of didn't know <laughs> why he was there. Yeah, that kind of exposition definitely could have been in there. Like they had time in order to have this exposition. Yeah. What they could not have done was tell me what limited power release means. I don't want to know true. that. True, that's like true. the mechanics like of these supernatural things. I can't know to enjoy this. And show. like I, and like I said, mm-hmm. too much of that would have been pretty. Would have made it terrible, not just too much in like, that it can't be that specific thing. Like, I need the vampires and the paladins and, like, all these abilities that the unknown has. I need it to be unknown. But the organizations themselves and, like, the way that the public deals with the menace, I'm fine with getting more setting. I just can't get these specifics. Yeah, that kind of thing. Well, to go back to your example, I would have loved to have known a little more about Iscariot. Yeah. And And why they're named that. Why why are they named after Judas? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need something intimidating. What is the most heinous thing you can think of? Mm. It's the perfect alibi. <laughs> no one's going to think it's them. <laughs> but that, that that is the sum of my criticisms of this show. And ultimately, and actually as the show went on, I was far more engrossed in it because you did start to get a little more a little more Yeah, it has a, a good content. sense of pace with its characters. Like the yeah. the story with Victoria or uh, Saris, like her mm-hmm. getting more competent with her powers and kind of evolving into this proto Alucard. That's pretty good. Yeah, competent like and confident. Yeah, yeah, both yeah. of they. Both the C words. Oh shit! <laughs> so close. Yeah, I... just a little bit longer, Dan. <laughs> you can hold it in. <laughs> Uh, I, I think uh, if I if I'm going to like go back through some of this or, or finish it out, I might read like a summary ahead of time just to get that grounding of like okay, these are the facts mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. worth explaining. And that's that's also something that was probably a little bit more like prominent in the manga and like just made could have made for some boring mo- like boring scenes in the anime. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's like one of the things that got cut. I don't know. I haven't read it. Also, be careful with that because as I was doing my side research, I did find that. Um, so this show doesn't, as we've discussed already, the show doesn't follow the manga as closely. But then around episode seven or eight, it completely diverges. So yeah, I, I'm just I'm right around there goes, now, and I can kind of start to see things shifting into a new direction. Okay, yeah, like I, I didn't really catch where it diverges because i'm not as familiar with the source material mm. so like but what happened that apparently that is something that like definitely happened is that they they just completely like, they had to uh, yeah yeah it just they went completely off script or i maybe the script hadn't been completely written yet well and you said it went better as time went on so you know whatever they were doing they understood what they were working with <laughs> mm-hmm. looking forward to yeah. it yeah 
Uh, I had one more audio cue thing to mention, just because I thought it was very sure. cool. Please. So, it's some. It's pretty rare that Alec- Alucard gets serious, but when he does, the music will kind of start distorting. Oh, like yes. like a warped record, you know. I do recall. Like that. one of the uh, one of the Valentine brothers, you know, Alucard's getting so hype. He's like, finally, somebody can challenge me, you know, being being all hammy. Yeah. And he steps it up to the next level and turns into that crazy many-eyed demon dog thing. And the music just totally warps. It's like a it's like a record that got thrown in the dishwasher. It looked. It <laughs> sounds so great. Um, it, it it's so playing up that kind of otherworldly. Like, oh, he's on our side, but he is not one of us. He is something else. Yeah, the music. I, I think overall this music is really good. Um, it's never like the first thing you would think of like oh if I'm scoring like a horror violent sort of thing you know I'm not gonna go with ragtime but it works yeah there's a lot of weird like like fanciful piano in this I almost think that maybe something more to a military tone would have would have worked like maybe more drums because militarism is so uh, representative in this show but I, I never had a problem with what I was hearing I mean like Mm-hmm. Integra has that like piano riff going, like even during very dramatic moments. Mm, yeah, it, it's it's just a weird choice. I didn't dislike it. I'm just not sure how to take it. Well, maybe we can uh, close out on uh, talking about the intro. Yes, because I, I think we need to discuss it a little bit, or at least reminisce. Please, guys. I think once I saw this intro, I was like, this is. I'm gonna be doing this for the podcast. Like as soon as I saw this intro, this is uh, this is a real good one. I'm trying to figure out what this genre is. It's like weird French jazz something. It's, it's like weird heavy. French like jazz lumping. I it's found the lumping from one note to the next. I, I found the opening and the closing credits dissonant. Yeah, they don't they don't kind of fit the show at all. They really don't, but, especially the ending. But the intro, like the intro, is, it makes yeah, it cool. It, it feel like funky and cool, like uh, in the in the way that they show, even though it's horror and you know high stakes and scary kind of to some degree. It also traffics in cool a lot of the time. So this intro really sells that, and all of the imagery going along with that is just so good. Like uh, it shows, it shows uh, like this crazy, like this crazy shot of like a camera kind of like. Like, your eyes looking over a gun and just kind of taking in all of the detail during this jazz. Like, guns are cool. The, the opening <laughs> cinematic. Um, you see... Um, Doing flash fight with guns. Yeah, and then, and then like, the music starts amping up and you see Integra's hand slam down on the table. I love that. Yes. Yeah. This is this is where it's really bebop, but it's... <laughs> yeah, this is the most bebop part of it, but it is very much bebop. It has its own feel. Like, it's... It's really cool, but it's trying so hard to be cool. Yeah, but it worked on me, man. I love that uh, that image with Saris like licking the blood off a dagger, or or, or like a sword, oh, yeah. and then and then and then prominently Alucard as a demon dog shows up. Yeah, like plowing through a bunch of ghouls. Like I'm better than you, but I'm still a servant. Kind of bringing all those <laughs> themes themes to mind, and carrying like I think he's like carrying a cross in his mouth. It's almost the, like the, we just have a bunch the of theming. themes, so let's put them all together, and someone will make sense of it. It did feel that way. 
<laughs> like yeah. in a lot of this but show. I, it worked on me it's like there's got to be something here that fits together <laughs> it's like yeah he's like against the church so it's in his mouth but he's still carrying it around so maybe he's behold i don't know <laughs> You've got you've got religion, politics, mythology, and like super violence. Like it's, it's something's gonna match up. Yeah. yeah, and for everything that doesn't match up, cool guy, guns, jazz. I mean, to that point, do, other than the bullets that Elucard uses, did we really ever see a holy symbol harming a vampire? Like maybe that's Elucard being his arrogant self, saying this doesn't hurt me either. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely see what you're getting at. It, it was a it, it was a nice it was a nice like montage of what you could expect in the show. Maybe. Well, even the even the fact that it's a montage, it sort of speaks to the show. Is like you're going to be looking at a mm-hmm. bunch of cool images. It's up to you to kind of put them together. <laughs> but you're going to enjoy yourself doing it. Mm-hmm. And I really like I the song. It. I'm singing it in my head right now. It's great. Oh, I believe you. Yeah. I did enjoy the opening theme. Mm-hmm. Like the music itself is actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, that's all I have. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're ready for some final thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Dan, I'm curious. How does this rank on your vampire's scale? Um, Certainly a weird beast, but... It's a weird beast indeed. And I I had some reservations going in because I was aware of, like, like I said, the action-adventure vampire hunter theme usually doesn't intrigue me much i mean right this kind of gets into like abraham van helsing in some fiction is portrayed as essentially like a holy warrior going out and like he's a vampire expert who goes out and hunts but like he's not he's some old dutch professor (laughs) he's a dutch professor like he was basically he was introduced to bram stoker's novel like almost like dr house like he, he was brought, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like the so, damn it, Chase. The, Give me the whole. So when water. Dracula, so when Dracula gets to the UK, he takes on uh, one of the characters' wives, uh, Mina, now Lucy Westenra, and um, she's being afflicted by this mysterious illness, and her father, like her her, her ward or whatever, um, can't figure out what it was, and the only person he can think of is well. Dr. Van Helsing is this brilliant, open-minded, curious person. Mm. And he's like an expert in infectious diseases. And let's bring him in because I'm at a loss. He has the and powers it's of only paranormal sort of... expertise. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. And like his open-minded pursuit of whatever the evidence suggests is what leads him to then consider vampirism in the end. And like he, he's really just a like a nebbish... Uh, like a nebbishy character who just has the virtue of being a person of science. See, Zane, nebbish but is I've... a word. <laughs> that, that's a so word. cool, though. <laughs> like, but yeah, so, like but... It's a real Scooby Doo mentality. Yeah, it's great. Now that... He's like a he's like now... a grown up Fred, but he's the only survivor of the gang, so everyone just thinks he's a badass. Now that said, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that in the Helsing universe that that is not canon. I mean, mm-hmm. l- like I said, Bram Stoker's Dracula is kind of assumed to be part of the storyline leading up to it. It's, and it's official. It's his legacy organization that has that that aspect to it. So I kind of, I, I kind of like, yeah, right. You know, it might have been the. I made peace. I made peace with what with what Helsing was, and I ended up enjoying it. You know, I, I don't think that they... Yeah. I, I think... I'm not sure if, if it was the, uh, you know, the computer chips that turns people into vampires, but I get the feeling like Helsing doesn't have a... D- didn't really care too much about adhering to the canon for this show. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, uh, yeah, that, that that's sort of like... I wasn't sure what to think about it going in. Um, I think it ranks... I think it ranks pretty good. I, I mean, th- there's still a lot more vampire fiction that I really enjoy more than this. Name one. Uh, well, what I'm actually going to do sometime this weekend is I'm going to pop in. Werner Herzog in the 70s did a remake of Nosferatu mm. starring uh, starring Klaus Kinski. As, uh, um, I think in this one he's actually called Count Dracula. Hey. Uh, huh. But that, like, I love some of the more traditional stuff. Like, I am, I adore Nosferatu as a piece of earth. Like, it's the earliest yeah. portrayal of of vampires on screen. Um, I have a box set of the Hammer horror films. Like, I'm a traditionalist usually yeah. when it comes to this. <laughs> well, I'm glad you. Um, I'm glad you went out of your way to to look at this with us. Yeah, I was happy to give this a shot because I knew that I hadn't actually seen it. And it's like, I will be like Dr. Van Helsing. I will open my mind <laughs> to something that I don't quite understand. And I'm going to be open to what it is for its own merits. And I think I was not disappointed. That's great. Great. Uh, yeah. Speaking yeah. of Werner Herzog, uh, have you ever seen the YouTube series where Werner Herzog uh, basically comments on Where's Waldo? No. <laughs> oh, you you would love now it. Now I have to. You would absolutely <laughs> love it. This man who always follows Waldo, this co-conspirator, I want to warn him, but I cannot. Is he working against Waldo, or is he a secret ally? This I cannot know. Like just like. That's brilliant. I, I know my my action. I know my like uh, accent is atrocious, Impression. but. <laughs> Is it actually Werner Herzog? Yeah, I, I think it actually is. Oh my god, it's pretty great. <laughs> I'm gonna have to track that down. Yeah, I'll um, I'll put it in the show notes, please. <laughs> so my uh, so my impression of Helsing, um, I, I like it more upon reflection. I think watching it uh, half as well as I could have didn't didn't work very well. It's definitely the sort of show where you want to watch it either with people or like talk to people after each episode and like talk about the themes. Um, that said, I, th- I think it's a valuable, like, new chapter in the, like, Dracula history. Like, this this feels like a significant and, like, increasingly canonical part of what it means to, like, know about vampires. Yeah, and it's, it is just a representation mm-hmm. of vampire fiction that is in the modern era that I don't immediately hate, and that is valuable <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No. No, they don't sparkle. Some of them do. They don't sparkle. Some of them sparkle. Their eyes sparkle. Yeah, with the blood of the innocent. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess I guess we're kind of closing up. Uh, yeah, Zane, uh, what are we doing next time? Uh, so next time, uh, I thought you were gonna. Uh, yeah. So next time we are. <laughs> 
I'm going to be watching the Batman animated series. Hell yes. Uh, still, still fairly dark. Um, however, uh, you fewer know, guns, no guns. It's still goofy. Like you're still like fighting a dude in a weird hat with a thing on his face and a weird pun. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to make you finally watch the Batman musical. Like, I think that's required reading. Riddle me this. Will I watch the Batman musical? Fuck you, Zane. You better. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Listeners Um, demand it. All right. And then after that... Zane, what are we doing after um, that? (laughs) After that, um, trying to get into a lighter tone um, after after the, the sort of existential horrors we've been dealing with for a while... So, you know, we'll have Yeah, Batman, Danny Phantom was hard on me. Vampires. Uh, Sonic was in a post-apocalypse. B-movie. A ro- post-apocalypse a wherein horror... rodents were transformed into robots without killing them. You know, just like Foreigner Herzog meant to talk about. Just, just that, that old <laughs> horror trope. Um, and so we're, it's also time that we check out an unusual style of animation. So we'll be checking out Claymation with the original Wallace and Gromit uh, videos. Uh, Oh, yes. Uh, Specifically the three, like, 30-minute long movies, which I don't don't quite count as movies. No, that'll be a quick enough thing. I think we can split it up into nice thirds. Yeah, and Wallace and Gromit is is sort of, um, like, it's it's a famous exemplar of Claymation. And it they're well they're well known enough. Nobody talks about like oh this movie of them or this. It's just Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm it was this that. or Gumby. Oh, <laughs> oh God, Gumby. Dan, what do you think about Wallace and Gromit? I recall that from my childhood. I mean, I, I it's been oh it's been so long since I've been exposed to it, but I recall loving it. It, it seems like you like your version of watching Empty Calories. Like, <laughs> <laughs> pop in a Nosferatu too and finish it off with chase it with a Wallace and Gromit. It's, oh yeah, like I it's mean, like watching and eating mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so good on the way down. No, yeah. it's killing you. It's delight. It's light. It's zesty. It's the wrong trousers. <laughs> yes. I yeah. So uh, if you have anything to say about Wallace and Gromit or. Batman the Animated Series, go ahead to our website, cartoncast.com, uh, or our, the podcast network, Fancy Bat, and leave a comment. Go on to our Facebook page and leave a comment, or engage with us about what you would like to see, dear listener. Um, or you can go to iTunes and leave a rating or review. Thank you so much for those who have. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all we got. Uh, oh, more than yeah, anything else, just so tell much. your friends about the show. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for coming back on again. Yeah, this was it, great. Um, like, oh, you know so much about me. fucking vampires. <laughs> I, like, I, I didn't even know I knew this much. It does not feel like we've been talking for two and a half hours, but like, <laughs> like I just I enjoy your. Uh, I, I really appreciate the uh, lens you brought to this. I'm really happy I could be on the show. Thank you guys for inviting me. Yeah, I, I got I got to chat with you more often. I'm gonna just invite you to any empowered sessions. I'm gonna set yeah. up. Oh please, because I had so much fun doing that before before we started the official show. Yeah, Zane, I mean, that was... time and time again, you are shown to be right. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'll, I'll set something up with uh, people we've we've talked to before and uh, Yo, I'll just try and bang, bang out a bunch over a weekend. You know what we should do is just have like a round table set, like eight people on at once. Oh, Ben, that's <laughs> oh. terrible. <idea. laughs> I bet we could do it. 
Uh, Maybe like four at a time. I think four might be the upper limit for chaos. I think you might be right. Uh, Dan, is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, Not at the moment. I've kind of been uh, kind of been playing it quiet the last uh, the last few months, and it's been it's been serene. Well, it's been shockingly serene. I've been I've been sort of working on myself. So yeah. Um, to hear it. You are now. You are now my internet presence for the time being. Great. Do you want to plug um, Cartoncast real quick? Yes, Cartoncast is the place to go for your cartoon facts, <laughs> all of the analysis, all of the nostalgia, all of the broken pencils along the way. <laughs> I don't that know graphite. what that means. <laughs> that I want gra- to let him keep going. Want- <laughs> that graph. That graphite has paved the way for you guys to reflect on the things that made us happy as children and sometimes as adults can you do that was a great poetry slam uh, do it can you do an impression of alex jones talking about how the carton cast is corrupting the youth (laughs) the carton cast they're a globalist conspiracy to infantilize our defenders of western civilization (laughs) and if you believe in preserving our way of life you will stop watching those cartoons and you will take out Ben and Zane <laughs> to the desert, the desert of Texas. No. <laughs> I want you to have like a one-a-day YouTube series where just people send you nouns and you do the Alex Jones rant on them. That sounds, I that would sounds love fun. That. I would pl- please do that. I will leave my personal email <laughs> in the show notes for you, uh, for your right. listeners to do with it as they wish. And mm. I will regret nothing. <laughs> See see you later space vampire. <laughs> <laughs>